0: Hey, welcome back to the Mostly Skateboarding podcast. This week, as usual, I'm joined by Jason from Frozen and Carbonite and Mike Munzenrider. We're talking about Mackenzie Eisenhower's article for Jenkum about writing about skateboarding, and of course, Shane O'Neill's new company, April Skateboarders. Uh, All three of us have written for skateboard publications, both print and online. So, Mackenzie Eisenhower's 16 Things I Learned from Writing About Skateboarding article in Jenkum certainly piqued our interests. Mike, in your time as a skate writer, did your learnings line up with McKenzie's
1: definitely yeah I think the two takeaways uh, you know if we're going to boil 16 things down to two things it's continue to like skateboarding even though you're working in skateboarding which for those who've never worked at a shop or you know (laughs) I've written about skateboarding and worked at a shop that's my industry experience and like you know doing doing being involved in contests and whatnot but that that all comes naturally but uh the two things that I, I gleaned from it to distill his 16 is continue to like skateboarding and uh, force yourself to become a real writer, like not just a skateboard writer, but a person who's like, takes the actual job seriously, even though or despite you're working about skate or writing about skateboarding, like, you know, thrive under deadline, don't do interviews, blackout drunk. That one, I, I related to many of them, but I have never conducted an interview blackout drunk. <laughs> if,
2: you, if you conducted an interview blackout drunk, how would you even
1: know that
2: you conducted the interview? Would you just like wake up and be like, yo, I have all these notes, what the fuck? Oh,
1: I, I guess I, think, I interviewed, I, uh, you know, pro skater Joe last night, fuck. Like, you have this that, telltale tell tape. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, of the tape. I, I'm just thinking, like, uh, w- one of the things that jumped out to me was Eisenhower's, he's in Southern California, none of us three are, like, the proximity to the industry and all the skateboarders might have, um, like, tilted some of the some of the things he learned, just because, like, I mean, every single, well, 98% of the phone interviews, or the interviews that I ever did with a skater for any publication were over the phone. Like, I'm not... Is sitting in some bar with the tape recorder on the bar and blacking out. So um, I've talked too long. Templeton, what, did it did it hit home for you?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot of these same things in my time working for the skateboard mag. The thing that jumped out at me was talking about the pay, and he mm-hmm. said uh, at the top he was making six thousand dollars a month, which comes out to seventy two thousand dollars a year, which is quite a good living for writing about skateboarding.
2: Oh, yeah. That was probably, like, in the, uh, like, 2002 to 2004 when Transworld was, like, really fat, you know, it had, like, the army ads, the, like, uh, whatever, Slim Jim ads, all that shit, you know, like the chocolate milk
0: ads. So that was during, like, the heyday of uh, skateboard media. You know what I mean? So Yeah, that must have been. When I wrote for the Skateboard Mag, uh, I I got a per-word... Rate, which I think was around twenty-five cents a word, Uh, certainly at the low end of things. And then for doing the website stuff, uh, it started out at three hundred and ended up at a thousand towards the very end. That was over like an eight-year run, so pretty good for a side gig, but certainly no nothing like six grand a month. We're talking a thousand a month, just to be clear, right? Yeah, yeah, thousand a month. Hell. (laughs) not bad that yeah i was pretty happy with that for writing about skateboarding on the internet and getting connections to all these companies which leads into number nine on Mackenzie eisenhower's list don't stockpile product uh proximity to, to the skateboard industry definitely comes with a lot of product people would always email me about whatever news they wanted on the skateboard mag website and they'd always end it off with if you ever need anything let me know and i definitely took people up on that but i kind of wish i'd done more of it since Mackenzie was uh you know still has unopened boxes of clay shoes uh, my (laughs) stash my stash ran out a long time wow but yo didn't you
2: used to do the uh didn't you do like the product review in skateboard mag
0: no i never did the product oh okay i thought you did I reviewed a couple of videos and then I did the Sklog, which was like a skate website uh review. I think I wrote about both of your websites. Yes, that is correct.
1: Did I did I
0: do platinum seagulls?
1: I might have somehow tricked Kevin Wilkins into letting me write about my own website, <laughs> but uh I wouldn't be surprised if you also did and I just have forgotten. So any anything is possible.
0: Yeah. I wrote my own clog for mostly skateboarding. Okay. So, so that, that, that no shame adds some credence in to my, perhaps, hazy memory of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Jason, what, what did you take away from this whole thing? Yeah, well, when
2: I, when I clicked on this article, I thought it would be, like, actually, like, writing about the act of skateboarding, like, a super detailed... Description of like doing a backside side or something with lots of sensory details and shit, but it wasn't really yeah. like that. But uh, yeah, it was cool. Like I, my, my uh, experience writing skateboarding is different because I'm not like master interviewer, you know. I've, I've done interviews, I do them, but it's not like what I'm best at. I think like I'm just kind of like some guy who thinks about skateboarding and writes about it. You know what I mean? Like no, uh, I think uh, Quarterstaff came said it best when
0: he said like, "Do we lose him?" I think we lost him. Wait, can you also hear me? Because my headphones died. Oh, yeah. We know that your headphones died. You were basically about to answer the question. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> But, like, can you hear me now? Like, I'm not using headphones. I'm just using the mic.
0: Yeah, I c- yeah we can hear you. Okay. I'll just,
2: I'll just use the mic. Fuck it. But, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, like... Quarter Snack said it best.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Quarter
2: Snack said it best when he was, like, the best way to write about skating was to not actually write about it. You know what I mean? Like, the best thing about Big Brother which, you know, Mackenzie referenced as, like, you know, big influence as is the influence of mine. Like, the whole thing about Big Brother was, the, the interesting part was not really the skating per se, but, like, the whole universe that they created. Like, oh, here's Mark McKee, here's Earl Parker. They skated, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean? The Imperial Edges, there's Rocco, you know what I mean? The whole universe that they created. So, like, I mostly use writing about skating to write about other shit that I'm obsessed with, like, uh, you know, like Ibiza, weird, like... Mm-hmm. Row House, the movie City of God, shit like that. So, yeah, it was
1: a cool article.
0: Yeah, yeah it was I love that work, Jason, because you, you, you come from left field, and I'm like, I, I don't know where what to expect, or I, I didn't. I just know that uh, what I expect from you is something totally different from what anybody else is writing about. Yeah, yeah, I'm thanks. I'm just going to write about like whatever fucking trick somebody did or like whatever happened, just more. <clears throat> straight up reporting
2: yeah yeah thanks i just try to
0: you know well my big influences are like
2: chuck Klosterman and this guy byron crawford who's like a hip-hop writer so i just want to look those guys up those are like my big influences in terms of writing about skateboarding
0: who's the hip-hop writer
2: byron crawford he used to write for double xl like 10 15 years ago then he came out with a bunch of books like he's kind of like a bukowski type of guy like he has like a really shitty job and he writes he's like you know, first person essays, but brings in like stuff about hip hop and shit. If, if, you look, if you look him up on Amazon, like he has a ton of shit. He has like five to seven books or something.
0: Sick. Well, we'll, we'll link to him in the show notes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He'll dig that for sure. Word. Yeah. I got a um, riffing or going from, you know, not necessarily writing about skateboarding to writing about the act of skateboarding. And just like, I think we're all in agreement that that is really hard. Um, want to shout out Skate Twitter, homie, and or like legitimate journalist uh, Noah Gallagher Shannon, who wrote for the Oxford American that piece about Grant Taylor, where you know yes. he went down to Atlanta. Like that has some of the best descriptions in plain language, like not skater language, but language that anybody would appreciate. That like a skater would appreciate too about the act of skateboarding. So that was. That was some expert shit that I think, like, a lot of really good riders and a lot of really good skaters, and you mix those two descriptions together, like, nobody's quite struck the balance as as he had in that Atlanta, the piece is called Atlanta Hell Ride on the uh, Oxford American site. That's all you got to Google to find that. Um, but, oh.
2: plus the, the ironic thing about writing about skating is that skaters mostly hate to read. They don't like to read. So that's a funny thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I would count myself into that category, uh, which is kind of funny as a, a skate writer, but I never read that much of the articles in the skate magazines. I read the interviews and the photo captions and then kind of skipped the rest. Uh, so I can't really blame people for doing the same on anything I write. <laughs> well as, well,
1: as a non-reading writer, uh, like, you know, people can read Eisenhower's piece. What, what did we learn doing all this? Like, do we have any any uh,
0: any tips to add to what's already on Jenkum? Hmm. I think for uh, me, it's it's all about providing value. You know, like, are you just filling space, or are you actually writing something that's gonna move things forward? You know, there was a time when we were all writing uh, top ten lists of whatever fucking bullshit that we could think of <laughs> to, to get a, to squeeze a hundred bucks out of Complex or ride channel or whoever those were fun times but i I don't think anything that i ever wrote was was really you know maybe not really worth that hundred bucks maybe maybe some of them were all right but a lot of them were just just my way of getting that hundred bucks yeah i mean just
2: just try to be original and like don't be like a uh, content farm you know what i mean just come up with some try to come up with some shit that no one's really saying or doing i don't know but i tried to do anyway
1: as 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 far as I go, um, this all kind of came to me when Sam McGuire, skate photog, you know, Midwest guy, he grew up in Iowa. He was a producer for Red Bull, and so I had a, uh, I had a pretty nice gig doing interviews to accompany like two minute skate parts that people would film like original shit for the Red Bull site. And they only wanted like six or 800 words. And if you've got an interview, a Q&A with an introduction, like that's a tight space. And I learned just to, and this is after years of doing the skateboard mag interviews where it was like just a Q&A, no topic, ask them about like, you're asking where they were born and about like the weird shit that happened in, in Ibiza or whatever. <laughs> um, I, I'd say the best tip for anyone that's trying to interview a skater, make it about something it's not about the skater it's about something like external that the skater has done or the or or like an idea that you're trying to like compare the skater to make it about something else that feeds into my second thing that i learned which is like i was always some distant weirdo named mike munzenrider over the phone and like had a weird area code that nobody's ever seen because i'm in minnesota and um I remember asking that dude, Kevin Kowalski. God, does he ride for Blood Wizard? Or, like, he's he's just a transition ripper. And uh, I got to see the Red Bull video part that he made. And he was doing, you know, like, Oregon skate park loops to fakie. He'd go through the loop. And then on the bottom wall, like, frontside revert out. And uh, that shit's nuts. And so I basically started the interview, like, asking, like, hey, what are you even thinking about when you do a loop revert? Just that line of questioning kind of gave me a little bit of credit with the dude. And instantly it was a better interview because he knew I wasn't just like some fool from Red Bull that he was talking on the phone with. Like there was a little uh, equity in the conversation. So uh, I, I think with skaters especially because we're all so skeptical and maybe a little cynical. It's prove you know your shit if you're interviewing someone. That can go a long way. That, that, that's a long answer. Sorry, guys.
0: I think that's a great tip to make it about something. I, I wish more interviews would be about something and maybe just be shorter. You know, I really don't care about your first skateboard. It's not that interesting of a question.
2: Yeah. Or like uh, like how many beers you drank in the band or that kind of <laughs> thing. Like one of one of the few interviews I did was with uh, Stephen Lawyer, who was yeah. really a great interview. Like you wouldn't think it would ever, but really like, really thoughtful dude like just asking about like you know the lifestyle in barcelona and shit you know some political stuff yeah just make it topical
1: what's uh what's the eggs homie from boston who you interviewed for quarter snacks jason oh. who is that again yeah dana erickson yeah that was hilarious about the uh forbidden 14 uh that news hook just is perfect for skateboarding because more than maybe uh other sectors of the population it's like Get a skater ripping on something they actually care about instead of being like, oh, like, "Like that was a great interview." I mean, yeah
2: that that whole thing was. I mean, the whole concept is kind of sarcastic, like you know, something being forbidden or whatever. You know, you know, but uh, yeah, that was that was hilarious for, be, for being 14. Shout out Dean Erickson, all timers.
0: I don't have any interview tips because I wasn't very good at them. Oh, because I'm, I'm not going to claim just... I was good <laughs> <laughs> either. Well, I I'm going to
1: claim that I was not good. I would say also, just because of janky equipment, I lost an entire half-hour interview with James Brockman one time. My tape recorder died, and uh, not to be chauvinistic or anything, but, like, you don't want to have to interview a Zero dude over again and ask just the same shit, because that's not ideal. Take it from me.
0: Yeah, that sounds terrible.
2: (laughs) Does Zero still exist? It still exists, right, in some form or fashion?
0: Yeah, new Zero video coming soon. Are, are
2: you fucking serious, man? He's
0: still doing it? Yeah, dude. Man. Virginia native Chris Weimer is a pro for Zero. No, no shit. Yeah. Yo, yeah.
1: Zero's going to be 25 years old uh, in a
0: year or two, I would think. Man, Virginia's killing it. Virginia is kind of killing it. I've always been surprised that the Tidewater area has produced so many pros. Yeah, dude. Low- there's not shit to skate there i lived there for 10 years it's fucking there's, terrible
2: There's no spots like low-key like the, the number of rippers that have come out of there is uh pretty surprising they come up they always come up here to richmond and like fucking destroy our spots and then we're like fuck
0: i think those days are gone now you've got the bus crew yeah but
2: yeah bus crew yeah they're 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 definitely out there doing it gonna mention them later in the pod exciting
1: <laughs> exciting teaser well <laughs> cool little teaser there. Do we have anything else to say about the art of skateboard riding?
2: Only that transcribing interviews is boring as fuck. You I'm, know,
1: I'm going to I'm, I'm going to come in defense of Eisenhower's transcribe your own interviews. I don't think for the same reason as he does, if only because I'm like I'm a total stickler and I want all those dudes
0: and hus
1: and like whatever bullshit. Oh yeah. That you might edit out later. I want all of that.
0: Man, when I transcribe, I'm I'm like already editing because I'm like oh, I don't want, I'm not gonna type that uh or that extra dude or whatever. I'm just like nah, I'm gonna cut that anyway.
2: It's boring and it's hard. It's challenging to like formulate a conversation into complete sentences. Know what I mean? That's the challenging part. So shout out to anyone that just transcribes interviews on a regular basis. because yeah, that shit is
1: boring and difficult. I, I will cop to the fact that I claim that I'm an expert spoken word punctuation master. I, I like putting, like, you know, m dashes and colons and... Yeah, 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 excuse me, I meant he, semi-colons. I like it. I think, I think that's all I got on that, though.
0: See, so that's why you guys are good at this shit, and I'm bad, because I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I... I don't even know what some of those are for. Damn, uh,
1: semicolons for that pensive pause that many skaters have before they describe ripping
0: or something. That's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, enough, uh, enough with the English lessons. Let's move on to April Skateboards. That's Shane O'Neill's new company that uh, dropped an 8-minute and 41-second clip on Thrasher's website this morning.
2: Hot uh, industry news. I, like, I haven't even gotten a chance to look at Slap for the uh, slap board reaction.
1: All... Unadulterated opinions, unadulterated takes here on the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast.
0: Yeah, I intentionally avoided slap, so it wouldn't color my, uh, my opinions of the video. So in the video, we, we got Shane O'Neill, of course, sprinkled throughout, and we were introduced to the rest of the team, which was Yuto Horigome, Ronnie Kessner, Noah Neef, Nathan Jackson, Ish Sapita, Kai, Kishi, and Johnny Tang. Now that we've all met April, uh, what do you think, Jason?
2: Well, listen, I've been a big Shane O'Neill fan uh, for the longest time just because he's just like an unrepentant, progressive, ledge, ripper. He has no agenda besides that. Doesn't really have like a personal brand or whatever. Like on his Twitter, I'll just post like a clip of him doing a trick and the caption is just like, skateboarding, exclamation point. Because that's all he does. That's this whole shit. He just fucking uh, rips legends. So, yeah, I uh, like this video. Some of these names, I, I hadn't heard these people. and They seem like made-up names. Like, wasn't Johnny Tang the villain in Gleaming the Cube? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> it sounds like that kind of thing, but Team is sick. I guess. Are, they, are there any Americans besides Ish Cipeda on there? Or is it all, like, Australians and Japanese?
0: I believe Ronnie Kessner is American.
2: Okay, all right. That that's cool. Yeah, that that's sick that he's like hooking up like Australian rippers. You know what I mean? Just like hooking up his homies and shit. Didn't you say it's in like HD but like four by three
0: or whatever? It's definitely in four by three and it looked to me to be too high quality to be V X. No, definitely not VX. Right. right. Some
2: people like, yeah, I thought, you know, that shit was cool. Yuto Horigami had the best trick. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched the promo yet. So turn off this part. But he did like <laughs> that, that one trick that Peter Smolik did in the, the shortage video. Like backside nollie 270 to no slide. Smolik did it uh-huh. on, on, on just like a bench. Yuto did it down some hubba, which was crazy. And what the hell. Ishapeta had, had the best fits. He was wearing yeah. some uh, quarter zip pullover. But it was in, like, this, like, drug rug, like, Indian pattern, which was pretty sick. I'm, uh... I was into it, dude. Like, I was, like, back this kind of just, like, unrepentant, progressive lead skating. Fully
1: agreed. Um, the edit was clean without, like, overproduction, because, I don't know, I think it's impossible not to somehow compare April to Primitive, just because of, you know, Shane used to ride for that company, and uh they're not exactly like not of the same niche but like you know no setup shots no city shots it was just skating i thought it was just edited well and the fact that like it was edited maybe even whimsically i don't know there there was like some knowing winks like they let uh yuto do that switch heel and eat shit and uh there were some shots that went from slow-mo to like Shane O'Neill pushing into that nollie inward heel, which is one of my favorite tricks that I've seen done on video for a long while. Where he goes over that like I'm I'm guessing it's in China, that like bump to bump bridge. Where and God, he just saying, floats.
2: Yeah, he was hauling ass, dude.
1: Oh, I mean, just like the edit from I think uh, who was it? I think it was Kai Kishi. Maybe it was a different different dude, but it switch heel, frontside crook. Fakey shove it out, and then like that's in slow mo, and it's like this long trick, and then Shane throws down big ass push, and just like vaults over that bridge. It, it it's stuff like that that I that I really enjoy because it's it's subtle, but it's good editing. And I, I don't know, it's good pacing, good editing, good timing. uh You know, I guess if I have one other point to make at this clip, Shane O'Neill does look well. He looked. More rad than I remembered in general in this clip, just because he was like more powerful. But when he's hauling ass, like he did on a number of tricks in there, and on that nollie inward heel, like he just looks unstoppable. I mean, that dude's so good.
0: Yeah, he nollie backside heel flipped uh Wallenberg, so he's he's no uh, stranger to getting gnarly. Even Trust. though he's he's uh you know primarily a ledge tech dude uh, on the editing. My one issue with the editing is the sprinkling of other people throughout the parts. Fortunately, you can pretty much tell everybody apart on the team, but like, you know, somebody will pop up before their name comes up and you're like, "Wait, who is this person?" Uh-huh. I just have a problem with that. Like at least there were titles in the video. I could definitely have seen it being a video with no titles. That's trendy these days, but um I feel like when you're introducing a team, you got to make it pretty easy for people to to understand who these people are
2: yeah i mean like yeah i'm the same i'm pretty like uh anal retentive about like videos having like the names and i'm like you'd like those old 411 montages
0: we were products of 411 and that's, yeah, a
2: that's i think so for sure yeah
0: without a doubt
2: besides the promo like what facts do we know about this company like
0: yeah according to slap ryan clements is involved Oh, he's the um, mastermind. Gotcha. Yeah, I would imagine he, he's the um, brains behind the operation. On the, I, I looked at the website. They've got five boards on offer. Yep. They've got one Shane Pro Board, one Uto Pro Board, one board that says April on it, and two different versions of a board with a Chrome Rose on it. So pretty slim pickings. The Pro Boards cost $5 extra. Our direction, I'd say, is pretty mediocre. Did you guys look at the boards? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much what you would expect
2: from a Shane O'Neill company. Like, uh, I guess it's just what people do these days. But I'm kind of not down with everyone just starting their own brand and doing like, you know what I mean, like internet sales. You know what I mean? And doing shops. You know what I mean? Like when fucking awesome came out. Based on uh, I guess anecdotal evidence, whatever was Colin chops himself, you know what I mean, so I'm kinda not down with like the star new brand and just sell direct over the internet, but it is what it is, I guess that's kind
0: of like where we're at. I like all the new brands i I think that skateboarding is a young man's game, and the the churn is helpful for it. it's it's good for the health of skateboarding,
1: yeah, don't disagree on that, like I'm not necessarily looking for. <laughs> Anything to fall as April Skateboards rises, but, I mean, 20 years, like, yeah, we've we've got a lot of brands that have been around for 20 years, and some are more healthy than others, and, like, a lot of the reasons for their health or lack thereof are, are fairly obvious when it comes down to it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not mad at the art direction. I'm trying to look at the boards and, like, eyeball the shapes, just to see if it's something i could ride because i like that pointy like you know late 90s ps sticks girl shapes and what uh probably closer to what real is putting out now and i can't really eyeball the shapes on these boards but like i'm not mad at the graphic it is uh, like what jason said it's exactly what you would think it would be i guess if i got a question for you guys as i look at the a in april on that logo board do we think april's the month or april's a woman's name. Oh well, it's obviously uh, April O'Neil from uh, the Ninja Turtles, right? That is that is what we're that is what we're saying. I, I don't disagree.
0: Yeah, I think it's got to be April O'Neil, who is also a uh, adult film actress, or that's the stage name of a adult film actress. But that, that doesn't quite fit with Shane O'Neill's uh, brand of skateboarding. I don't think. No, he seems like a family guy.
1: See, going back, going back to the interview, I could have. Something to add to Shane O'Neill character statistics or something, but uh, I interviewed him. I did it. I think I did his new Jack, like his amateur interview for the skateboard mag. But he was in Australia, living in the future, so we did that via email. And so, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have much to add on on what the dude's like. Um, emergency tip for you, aspiring skateboard riders: avoid email interviews like the plague. It'll take longer than you want it to. It'll be more frustrating. You won't save time by not transcribing. Don't do email interviews unless you have
0: to. So going back to the clip, Shane's ender was a, uh, I don't even remember how he got into uh, the ledge trick. Okay, yeah, switch flip back tail to manual. Switch flip out. Oh, he flipped out. I'd get so, uh, I don't know. It's hard to keep track of all the flipping in and flipping out in this clip. Yeah. Definitely. He takes it to manual, which when I watched it, I thought that manual was spontaneous and not planned. Um, and uh, to me, taking a trick to manual almost always makes it worse, not better. No,
2: so. I agree. Like... um I think Brian Lottie started that shit, but then people got too too cute with it. Like, 99% of the time, it's better to just, like, pop out with some power and just, you know, land bolts. Kind of, like, just, like, visualizing, like, uh, Danny Garcia in... I think it was Photosynthesis when he does, like, a backside tail slide at Chafee and just, like, pops out. Mm. super oh, yeah. Cool and, like, slams bolts. Like, 99% of the time, that's gonna look better. But, yeah, I agree. I think people tried to, like, juice the... uh Popping out of tricks to manual a little bit too hard.
1: See, I didn't think about it until Templeton put it in the notes. Like, was that an accident? And what I'd liked about the trick initially was that, like, he could have popped out, he could have done it like six feet and then popped out between the first set of cars and it would have been balanced, perfect, no wobbles, no nothing. But instead, he, like, I don't have the clip in front of me. It almost seemed like he, like, eyeballed that gap and he's like, oh, sh- wait. I can, I can carry this out. I can make this better. And he wrote it out and he had a little wobble and then he got out like between the next set of cars and popped a little Ollie. And I thought, I, I was like, oh. yeah, like he held it a little longer. Like, Oh, he didn't just, he didn't, he didn't just exit. I almost thought he was going to go hella long and that would have been better than, you know, if what he did was B What he could have done was A, and if he could have gone longer with C, like C is better than all of them, in my opinion. But for what happened, I was stoked on it. Uh, I hadn't thought that it was accidental, but it could have been. But does Shane O'Neill make accidents while
0: skateboarding? During this conversation that crossed my mind, like, does Shane O'Neill make accidents? And it it doesn't seem like that's in his character. So maybe it was planned. I guess we'll have to, I'll, I'll, I'll have to email him. Yeah, shoot him oh, an email Australia, get mm-hmm. the goods.
1: If I, if I have two things I, I, I think I need to highlight, I think O'Neal had a Nolly heel flip, tail slide, 270 out, but he super pivoted the 270 out, and that was perfect, in my opinion. I'm a big Shane O'Neill fan, I think, is, is what I'm realizing um, and I should point out too, that I think this must be the first instance of an Eve track used in a skateboard video. Uh, yeah. I did not yeah. check skateboard site or skateboard video site before making that claim, but I think it, it feels true.
2: Yeah, I think so. Like, uh, like the music supervision, the Wham song, psh, great choice. Uh-huh. Eve song was kind of whatever, like, uh, didn't really add much to the footage, but uh, yeah, the Wham song was a great, great choice, I thought.
1: Just, just based on the kid on Thrasher who you know, committed to the Facebook posting of like whack music or trash music, I'm going to say, through and through, I'm giving it like a solid,
0: solid A. I liked it that much. There you go. Yeah, I felt like the music was right. Not necessarily what I would choose for my video part, but I think that it worked for April.
1: Like if we're talking about
0: branding and we're, you know,
1: this is the debut of a brand of someone who I think we could fairly say um, we don't know his personality necessarily. Like, I think we have an idea walking away from watching that. I mean, like the skateboarding speaks for itself, but we have an idea walking away that like, okay, this is a brand clean, straightforward edits might get a little wilder with the music. Like, I want to see more. I I think if, you know, the the shapes of the boards end up being halfway decent, like, I would not rule out buying one of those boards at some point from the shop. So, yeah, I want to see more.
0: If I still wrote for the skateboard mag and these guys emailed me and said, let us know if you want some boards. I would definitely say send me some boards.
2: Yeah, in terms of shapes and shit, like, like Mike said before, very few boards these days have those, like, pointy nose and tail. Like, most of the PS6 boards have, like, those, like, really, like, blunted, you know what I mean? Like, uh... yeah. Like, the opposite of pointy, nose and tail. Which, like, I don't mind, like, a ride or whatever. But, yeah, like, I rode the shit out of those, uh, like, those grow boards. Like, whatever, like, Sean Sheffy and Guy Mariano models that had, like, the pointy nose and tail. So, if they brought that back, that would be sick. But, uh, whatever Dr. Schmidt deems
0: appropriate. <laughs> so. Well, time is a flat circle, so I'm sure that those shapes will be making a comeback at some point. I think those Guy Mariano boards were a flat circle. Like,
1: 7.4.
2: Yo, I still have one of those at my uh, my parents' house. It's like a mini; like it's so small. Like I can't, I'm pretty
1: sure, like like it's so small, so dense. It has an event horizon. I'm just running on this probably, until it's like, over. Like,
2: I can't play about like skating around the city, like through traffic and shit. It's great. It's like so small, but I skated, like so so many of them. It was like the best board at the time.
1: Only only board I had consistent three sixty flips on. Um, yeah, I need I needed effectively a mini board to be
0: able to three sixty flip. I'm surprised that you're not a 360 flipper. You you seem good at the tech stuff. You've got a mean Nolly back heel.
1: Yeah, that trick's easier than a 360 flip. <laughs> but thank you, too. It's less work. Let me put it that way. Like, I think I'm five foot six and a half, let's say. And like, I got really short legs on top of that. And a 360 flip is just a lot of hard work, except on a 7.4 Guy Mariano board with like a like a tail that just swoops that's my explanation of all that
0: well there you have it
2: by the way dgk still makes 7.5
0: good to know for all those uh looking for some early 2000s nostalgic shapes i think our friend lucas weisenthal has been reveling in his dgk 7.5 yeah
1: the,
2: the homie lucas set one of those up he's probably ripping it around uh queen somewhere
1: if we're if we're gonna hearken back to skateboard riding the ride channel was one of the better gigs for skateboarding rest in peace ride channel yeah, rest, yeah,
2: rest in peace ride channel or the ride channel complex collaboration that was definitely one of the
1: yeah one of the better
2: paying gigs for as far as
1: yeah as far as the rider was concerned who knows what this well i know what the slap message board thought of it but uh it was a hell of a gig for the skateboard rider and and it got a lot of people money for writing about skateboarding.
2: Oh, it was cool. I, I pretty much got to write whatever I wanted to. So
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: Birdman, for the, for the sake of me and Jason's portfolios, <laughs> repost all of Ride Channel.
0: Yeah, RIP Ride Channel. Shout out Lucas for helping us all out. Uh, and I'm sure lots of other people. Well, that brings us to the end of the show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Mike, what are you stoked on this week?
1: Beyond uh, the fact that Ride Channel could someday be brought back to life by Tony Hawk, Birdman, if you're listening, you've heard me uh, this week, I'm stoked on Nora vasconcelos Swatch watches ad, which is um it's kind of a throwback ad. it's goofy, it's fun. It's all about her very serious skateboard training regiment uh, in which she inhabits a pink adidas jumpsuit. I thought it was a breath of fresh air just because skateboard ads nowadays suck in that like we've all watched any number of thrasher videos and the pre-roll ad is clip clip pounds or clip slam clip pounds hugs like that shit's boring. Uh, I grew up on 411 ads like the 6040 ad where Bobcat like nosedives off the roof. Or just like generally other weird stuff like 411 ads, house ads for 411 used to be really ingenious, like schools out for summer plan and they're water ballooning people. And I don't know, there, there just used to be a lot more goofiness in skateboard ads and like Nora's. Just hit it. Just brought it back for me. It builds on the subgenre of what is the subgenre? It's like embellished living conditions of yeah, what skaters do at their houses.
2: Not even just scared. Just kind of like overwrought, like uh, athlete, like social media sharing. I suppose.
1: Yeah, like it's 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 a bit of parody on something of like yeah us weekly. They're just like us, but they're also like ridiculously weird I mean I I guess I've never actually seen it in one other I've only seen Lance Mountain's like homage to whatever Powell video he was skating in his house I think that was in the firm video the last firm video uh but like Nora's ad had hints of that and then hints of like Laban Theatis's 411 profile from like you know where he's on a on a low rider bike with super dope tongues and just being ridiculous throughout. Basically it's this embellished thing. Where this person, this skater, Nora V, doesn't take skateboarding serious, but there's like this hint of seriousness because, you know, she's ripping on the fact that the Olympics are coming up. I just liked it because like skateboarding is about people as much as it's about actually skateboarding. And Nora is one of those skaters right now who I think is like, just pay attention to them because they're interesting. Like her story on Instagram is just interesting. It's just, yeah, it's good. And the ad's funny. Um, shout out to Ricky Biedenbaugh, the dude. I saw it on his Instagram and uh he had a nice like 30 second take on it. The two minute ad ain't bad either. Uh yeah. Nora's Swatch ad. That- uh, shout out shout out Swatch if you wanna hey if you got something that'll track my steps and sync with my iPhone, call me. Yo, Yo, does uh the swatch still make the X watch because
2: uh, back in my straight edge days, that was like the ultimate flex. If mm. you had the X watch, they used to be like, you could sell them for like 300 bucks and shit. So I might cop an X watch even though I'm not straight edge anymore. I've been drinking it through this whole podcast. <laughs>
0: well, well, I wonder when-
1: if Nora can sell those watches for three bills at the skate park or at the, the punk show. Yeah, yeah, at
2: the local uh, straight edge hardcore show. I think that's still, right. I think yeah. I think that's still, I think.
1: I'll be sure
0: to ask about that when Swatch reaches out to send us a big box of product of X or X watches. Yeah, so Jason, what are you stoked on this week? Yeah, well, there's lots
2: to be stoked on this week. Uh, number one, if you're a Mike Ternaski disciple, as I am, you're from my generation. Uh, Jake Rosenberg's Instagram is amazing it's pretty much one of the best uses of the platform like he's been posting a bunch of like uh archival like i guess b-roll footage from like pat duffy's part in questionable some more like danny way mini ramp contest footage with a bunch of like essays about mike t and shit so if you're like a plan b world industries kid like me that's like mandatory also the new skate on video called fitty is sick it's on i think it's on the trans rules site also on youtube it took me a while to figure out but the concept of the video is like by filmer like the parts are like by filmer and each filmer is from like a scene and there's like a texas part like the first part is small shout out to smalls from dc that part is fucking amazing like basically all pulaski also like the bus crew part from uh right here in richmond is sick of course uh shout out tyler beale everyone buys board like he has a bunch of footage in that part Plus the SF section, and also uh, one of the best Instagrams is this guy Big Time Tommy at Tommy Romola One Tommy with the I E Romola R O M O L A One. He's basically like this Italian guy from Long Island who like has like twenty like old school Cadillacs and smokes a cigar all the time and dispenses all this like motivational information and shit. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but it's the kind of thing where like once you see it, you're like. I'm going to spend all day watching like all 600 of this guy's videos. So check that shit out as well as, uh, yeah, the new skate on vid. Pretty sick.
0: It sounds like he's like an Italian DJ Khaled.
2: Something like that. Yeah, that's a pretty good <laughs> He pretty much just like, you know, tells you all this, you know, tells a bunch of motivational shit while listening to like early 80s like house and miami freestyle and shit like yeah it's amazing dude it's kind of hard to
1: describe but it's fucking amazing
0: sick we'll check it out we'll link to it in the show notes
1: yeah yeah, yeah that guy's amazing i think i've seen that dude popping up on twitter yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he's uh, videos on Twitter a
2: bunch i'll probably retweet some of this shit or some of the videos from tom,
1: tom all right beyond uh beyond tommy templeton what are you stoked on this week
0: uh i'm stoked on collages both making them and looking at them on instagram my wife is super into collages you can follow her work at calette works on instagram so we just have a bunch of magazines laying around and you know i just kind of was like hey i've got some ideas and it's super fun to just look through old magazines and cut them up I've been mixing skate magazine stuff with old magazines to make little dumb skate collages. I've been digging just, that. Thanks. Yeah, it's fun. And it's just there's no there's no computer, no like screens. It's just all analog. And it's it's a fun challenge. And it's just totally different from what I'm doing in the rest of my life. So, so are we talking like X-Acto knife and Elmer's glue? Or
1: what? what is the process? What are the tools?
0: yeah just exacto knife and then uh three m spray glue cleaner. That's all. cleaner than Elmer's yeah my wife is an expert at making collages, so I just bum all her equipment. you know, I'll just go into her desk and steal some blades and uh swipe the glue when she's uh not looking she's she's totally fine with me using the equipment, but I just swipe it anyway, but it's a lot of fun and just cool to look at that shit on Instagram. You can just follow the collage hashtag and you'll find some accounts that you like. If you're into that sort of thing, well, that's our show for the week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week to talk about whatever is going on in skateboarding. Uh, until then, you can keep up with us online. You can follow me on Twitter at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. Jason, where can the people find you?
2: On the Twitter at Carbonite1994 on the Instagram at Frozen and Carbonite, and writing stuff on QuarterSnacks.com.
0: New stuff coming soon.
1: Working on it. We're working on it. I know, I wanted that teaser, man.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Mike, where can the people <laughs> find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram
1: at M Munzenreiter. Thanks for listening. We'll see you
0: guys next week. Subscribe and rate. Yeah. Rate review.